0: Hi, this is Dr. Ross Carter. 2018 was an amazing year for the Regenerative Warrior podcast. We have become one of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. And I want to thank you, the listener, for that. This podcast was really created for you and is to help you become more successful so that you can help more people and make more money in your practice. Last year, I've interviewed many amazing and like-minded people like Paul Bush, who's a paraplegic, who talks about his road to recovery using regenerative medicine. And Dr. Doug Spiel, who talks about how exosomes work and their amazing abilities. Former three-time WWE professional wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page, talks about rehabilitation for regular people. And Dr. James Roman, discusses is how to sell high-dollar cases, and so many more. As my gift to you, I put them all together in one episode called The Best of 2018. Now, before we begin, I ask that you subscribe, like, and share this podcast with other doctors in the community. Also, when you contact us at 866-9-WARRIOR and work with our selected partners in marketing, exosomes, stem cell, legal, training, coaching, and others, it will help this podcast grow and thrive. So let's get this party started. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Two things before we get started. The views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those of Dr. Carter or this podcast. One of our podcast partners has just announced special pricing for our listeners. Wharton's Jelly allograph for $475 per cc. You heard that right, only $475. White papers are available. This is for a limited time, so act now why pay double or triple the price from other providers to learn more or to order text your name and the word jelly j-e-l-l-y to 561-962-1231 write that down it's 561-962-1231 on with the show
1: I basically took 18 months out of my life and I flew and I went inside of doctors' offices and clinics, worked with, you know, solopreneurs and guys that have 50 employees. And I found a very, very common thread among all of them. They really didn't know what the journey of a patient was up until they got to their office. When a patient got to their office, they knew exactly what to do. They could, you know, greet them at the front desk. They could chart them. They can put them in the thing. They can make sure that they're going to follow up and send reminders and, you know, call the night before and do all of those things. That's not the journey of a patient. That patient is already a patient, right? That's, that's a prospect. And so what I set out to be was like, okay, well, how did that patient ever become a patient? Like, how did that prospect turn into a patient? And so I started to look at other things. I started to look at the Facebook side of things, the social media. I started to look at the websites, Google ads, all of these different things. And then I started to track everything that went on up until the point a prospect walks into a doctor's office. So that's what I call as the ultimate patient journey. And in between those things, there's four avenues. There's prospect, there's appointment, there's a consultation, and then there's the close until somebody becomes a patient.
2: So you want to make sure that you're very discoverable, first of all. Uh, if you move into an area, you know, people are using the internet. They're going to Google. They're typing in terms. You want to first contact all the healthcare sites that you're a part of. When you become a doctor, you're put into health grades, vitals, wellness, Yelp. These are some of the biggest ones. Contact them directly and update your information. Google is constantly scanning these sites for accurate information. Update your information with exactly what your specialty is, what you're trying to get into. Put a nice biography. Put a nice photo up there. These patients like to see that stuff. And doctors that do that first are the ones that are going to get chosen. If you go to health grades, which shows up on the first page of Google, when you search for doctors, if you see a one profile of a guy with a photo with all of his stuff listed and another profile, where there's just completely blank, which one are you going to choose? Of course, the one with the the photo. So take some basic steps, look up the healthcare sites that you get put on as a doctor and start just updating that stuff. Patients are doing a lot more research nowadays and they like to see personal things about the doctor and why they should choose this doctor over another. After doing the procedure, I saw a drastic change
3: in my body, which again, the only reason I even noticed it is because I documented so thoroughly up to that point. You know, I knew where all my baselines were down to each pinky finger movement and the sensation of my left leg versus the right foot and everything else and in between. And so with the exosomes, I noticed the change. And
4: so how was you did. So yep. you did
0: something called exosomes.
3: I went from a point where with all of my medications I was on, I still had very permanent neuropathic pain, spasticity, the whole nine yards. The next morning, I kind of woke up and I was rolling around going, I don't know if this is a placebo effect, but I am not burning right now. My spasms aren't kicking. Started shaking my body around. Like, it's kind of strange. So we took it easy that day. The so next day, same thing. Woke up, not feeling a whole lot. Okay, this is definitely not placebo. This is something's going on here. And it continued that way. Later on down the road, we have done neurodynamics, which verify these findings. And so from that point on, it became a game of just getting that body awareness back, you know, getting that sense of balance, focusing not on just standing but shifting your hips. This is kind of just the normal progression. You know, I am super excited that it's happening, but not so much for myself because I really do hope that this can bring this sense of freedom and recovery to people all over the place.
5: What
0: is are some possible solutions that a doctor could do that could help them accept more care for? financial hardship patient
6: may want to consider building packages for their patients, you know, depending on the field, like for chiropractic for example, it's good to have packages available, multiple tiered packages. This way they have the ability to say, Okay, well we can do this much for you at this cost and it doesn't have to be all up front. You can even some areas like chiropractic, you could take payments in-house if that's something that you're able to offer. It really does again depend on the type of treatment and care that you need. But if you can place them on any type of payment plan, I think really is the best way to help uh, your patients really grow and get the treatment they need because that's really what they need. So trying to fit in any sort of payment plan while difficult is the easiest way to be able to help your patients. The
7: problem is the bone marrow is old. And you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. So I can't get regeneration out of older patients that don't have cells to begin with. So you have to, uh, you know, understand some of these older patients' cells. No matter how many you give them, I mean, I I can expand them, and I used to do that. Take a 90-year-old man, take his bone marrow, expand it, give him 20 million of his mesenchymal stem cells, and nothing happened.
0: Was it because of the strength of the cells? It's
7: because the cells are epigenetically closed, which is what happens over time, and is supposed to happen. So it's better to... It's better to use young cells right, to try to open up those processes. And where do you get the young cells? Well, the one that everybody talks about today is core blood. However, those cord blood cells are allogeneic cells. So this idea that where you're putting core blood in the clinic setting into somebody, and those cells are going anywhere or doing anything, is beyond false. However, if I can keep those young cells alive in the laboratory and collect their secretions, which are really called exosomes, I can get those growth factor and messenger RNA proteins that we're really looking for that we lack at our age and replace them. So they get your current cells to function like normal cells.
8: When you're a small business and you're getting started and you're just delivering, you want to talk a little bit about what's in it for me as the employee. Why should I be following a process? Well, if you think about it, there are actually two stages, because if I was being hired by your company, imagine if I come into your company and you say, hey, Mike, we have a process for everything that I want you to do. We have expectations. If you follow these processes, you will get it. You will achieve your expectations. It's in your interest to follow the process, because... Number one, we're a process-driven company. Number two, it's going to make your job so much easier. And number three, you're going to make way more money because you're going to be able to get up to speed faster than you've ever been able to get up to speed before. If it's a brand new person coming in, that's a little bit different because now – They understand the culture of the company. The culture of the company is that it's a process-driven company. It's a great thing when you walk into a company for the first time and they've got all their processes documented. It makes it really easy to get up to speed.
9: These tracking devices and wearables, they're telling you something, but they're not doing anything about it. They're just reporting to you what is happening. And if what's happening is you're taking 10,000 steps in the direction of the refrigerator to get a snack or 10,000 steps... To a bar to have a drink, then what good is the information? You're just basically tracking something that has no real meaning other than it being a number. So you're not really doing anything about the problem. A recent uh, Wired Magazine article concluded that wearables aren't working and they won't until the wearable actually tells people what to do. And I personally got a chuckle out of that because that's kind of like, you know, the whole Henry Ford thing. You know, let's give them faster horses. If you ask them what they wanted, they would say faster horses. So Henry Ford said, well, why don't we give them something else like, you know, a car with an engine in it? And I think that expecting the wearables to do the guiding, you know, this little piece of, of electronic machinery without some human intervention and a system that takes human knowledge and assigns it to a person based upon some level of expertise or involvement is where the crux is.
10: They somehow indoctrinated the American market through just robust marketing that this sort of dry paper product was going to work for us. And of course, in the meantime, making billions of dollars at the same time. You know, ancillarily 30 million combined cases of chronic urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, these infections, anal fissures, anal itching. These pharmaceutical markets boomed during this time because those products were needed because it wasn't clean down there. And there are just so many health and hygiene issues, obviously environmental issues from a pocketbook perspective, the amount of money each family has to spend on toilet paper, especially as you have one, two, three kids that adds up really fast. And the only thing, the only people that make, you know, net out well are these companies that aren't thinking about, about any of us. So. My goal here was to expose that and to re-educate people and say, hey, we wash the rest of our bodies with water. We wash our dirty dishes with water. The rest of the world uses water to clean everything, including their bottoms. Let's do that for ourselves as well.
0: Sorry for the interruption again. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, have Dr. Carter present at your event, podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal health or how to create a million dollar business card and dominate your area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and any question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or go to our website at drrosscarter.com to learn more. Don't forget about our current $475 Warden's Jelly special. On with the
11: show. So the first patient I treated was a 69-year-old gentleman that came to me because he had a lot of knee pain that's really impairing his life. And I was told by the doctors that only solution for him was bilateral knee replacement. So we did a stem cell treatment, and what's interesting is that the first thing he noticed was that he was able to sleep through the night Uh because a rotator cuff injury that he sustained over 40 years ago that was waking him up every night, that stopped bothering him. So he has been sleeping through the night since then. This is over two and a half years. And then within a few weeks, his knees were recovered to the point where he was walking miles every day. So since then, he has been walking four miles pretty much daily. And he said he barely feels that he has knees. And the only time that he actually sends them was sometimes when he walks downhill. He feels a little bit of a twinge. So that's my first patient. And I feel like a hero, but really is the cells and then the product that did all the work.
12: So the first law of retail is that you have to have good people on the phone at the front desk that actually see the phone process as the single most important part of the retail practice. And the first law of retail in any modern aesthetic practices that applies to them is, do I know what my percentage of conversion is? And a practice that converts at 8 to 10% versus a practice that converts at 20 to 30% on the phone understands the first law of retail. Do your people or do the people in the organization in the business and the practice actually have a process of following up with the 90 people that didn't show or that didn't schedule, that filled out a form that were interested digitally, but nobody had a process in place or a tool or a software or just a follow-up, a human follow-up process to make sure that we're going after like the 50% that didn't do it, but we have a lead for Not only do the people in the front desk have an important role to play, but as a culture within the business, how do we actually train from the top down to train the people that the phone is the single most important part of any growth of any business, particularly in the modern medicine aesthetics?
13: It's better to try to improve one's health through weight loss and allow the disease to reverse itself normally and naturally. Obesity is the number one killer, associated killer to all the top seven killers in the country you'll find that one person dies every two seconds due to an obesity-related condition. There's a huge profit margin for insurance companies to keep people paying for insurance for weight loss. All these other problems, they know the basis of a good diet will eliminate most of these diseases, therefore would eliminate the profit margins they're making off the average insurance people. A lot of doctors, they'll deal with the symptom of the problem and they'll focus on that, which a fee for service for that from the insurance company is not very profitable. So they're consuming too much time with one patient. Well, manage that problem, minimize your time with that person, hire one staff to be a health coach and it consultant to take care of that person's weight you see them periodically on a short basis to see the improvement of their bmi their measurements still overall they will get better and their conditions will be eliminated therefore you don't have to spend as much time yet have a staff member
14: you and i are full of stem cells you know, every minute, every day, every year for our entire lives, stem cells are tuning over tissue. So the example I gave was if you stand in a ray of light and you brush your arm, that poof that comes off is uh, dead skin cells. So those cells have to be replaced on a daily basis. We have this like homeostasis where stem cells are constantly repairing and regenerating tissue. What we need to do is understand the mechanism of that so that we can apply it therapeutically, right? So the other example I gave was orthopedics, where you have injury in, let's say, a knee... And that injury is often in the white tissue. So that tissue is white for a reason. It's white because it's not very well perfused. So there's not a lot of blood in there. There's not a lot of blood in there. Cells aren't getting into that area when it's injured. So what we do with regenerative therapy is we take cells from areas that we can actually access them, bone marrow, fat, we isolate the cells, and then we use those cells to inject into areas that don't typically get perfused very well with stem cells, so like the knee, the cartilage, and everything there. And that helps rebuild the tissue, but the cells don't really contribute to the tissue themselves. They actually educate the native cells how to re-engineer the tissue, how to regenerate the tissue themselves.
15: If you want to look into the upper legs of a child like this, you would see extremely highly concentrated lactic acid. And of course, the lactic acid is the byproduct of the muscle being used. The more you damage the muscle tissue or cause those microscopic tears, the more of this lactic acid gets released. The higher the concentration of the lactic acid in the muscle tissue, the stronger the feedback to the brain, specifically to the pituitary gland, requesting hormone levels to rebuild the muscle back to pre-exercise conditions. So children, of course, have a high level of growth hormone because they're growing, they are also very, very active, which means they're boosting this hormone level because they're concentrating massive amounts of, of lactic acid in their muscles. And most of the adults actually don't experience this. So what we have done is we found a way of how to hack the brain into thinking the same way it did in your own body when you were a child. So how do we do that? We need to actually trick the brain that there's a huge muscle damage happening in your body.
5: Uh, what happens is the doctor or medical professional or a subject expert goes and does a review and they read the article and there's a little section. that there's two clicks, you click review articles. They pick what they want to review and they write in, um, you know, anywhere from three to six sentences. It works better. They can do more, but that's what really works. And, you know, they point out that this Harvard research study has great promise, but I think they need to look more into this particular gene or that particular protein or, You know, why not talk more about VEGF or something to that extent? Exosomes are carriers, the messenger carriers from stem cells, and every molecule in your body, basically. You know, one of the biggest byproducts of stem cells are cytokines, proteins, and RNA and microRNA. And exosomes are kind of jump-starting that a little. So you basically need... 150 million count of stem cells that produce one milliliter of exosomes, depending how you concentrate. So with that said, if you weren't expanding live cells to pull out certain properties, it would be cost prohibitive because it would be outrageously expensive. So sure. that's the next evolution is how do you introduce this technology and maybe mix it with live cells as we go forward, you know, and take the best of both worlds and make this technology available to people that aren't, you know, billionaires.
4: As a marketing agency, we work with a lot of healthcare offices, you know, marketing cash services or uh, non-covered services for their practices, and you'll see different case managers have their own unique ways of doing it, and it's not systemized. And so, what ends up happening a lot of times, if you have, you know, an office manager or you have a case manager or care coordinator that's doing these case presentations or these feed presentations, they just don't have a system in place, so it gets. <laughs> You have one person doing one way in the office and then you could have an office manager or a separate person come in and they have a different way of doing it. This system was just a really simple and effective way of providing financial care programs and systemizing it so it's more natural and then making sure that it's duplicated by different people in the office. They can step out of the room and know that whatever team member is going to come in and actually do the the financial presentation is going to do it the same way every single time.
16: Yeah. You know, first of all, I mix the rehab or the rehab with the yoga positions. I'm an athlete. I can understand get in the position or play a position. Yes. Yes. So I get that terminology. Then I threw an old school calisthenics push-ups, squats, crunches, but done with a slow burn movement. What I learned by accident is every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle. I can take my heart rate from 80, 85, 90, wherever I am because I'm pretty amped up a lot of the time, which is great for my metabolism, to 130, 140, raising my arms three times. And I call it dynamic resistance. What it is is, is isometrics and isokinetics, which is the moving while engaging As you go through one position to another so think about it like this you're laying down your heart rate's the lowest ever right sit up what happens to your heart rate it goes up stand goes up walk run jog sprint up 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 i figured out how to do that standing still
17: So we really believe right now that the cells are secreting little vesicles, little packets. The packets contain growth factors and cytokines that are essentially proteins, and the messenger RNA that are the little machines that make the proteins, and they're packaged inside of little membranes. The membranes are derived from the parent MSC. And we now believe that whether you put mesenchymal stem cells from you or from somebody else in your, say, knee space, It's not those cells that actually make up the new cartilage or the new bone or the new synovium, but rather they signal through a paracrine form of mediation. These little vesicles leave. These little vesicles get picked up by cells that are already in your knee that are almost bone, almost cartilage, almost synovium. We call those resident stem cells. And so that all you're doing, no matter what you put in, Is creating an awake portion of a pool of resident stem cells who will then go about their work and start rebuilding structures and the like.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and also like and share this to help us grow. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, to have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million-dollar business card to dominate your local area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and your question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or you can go to our website at DrRossCarter.com. That's D-R-R-O-S-S-C-A-R-T-E-R.com to learn more. Until next time, this is Dr. Ross Carter signing off.